If you've uh, seen the movie Tombstone, there's a great scene towards the end of that movie where uh, Doc Holliday is sitting on a horse next to this other man, and they are working together on uh, Wyatt Earp's revenge ride. Right, Earp is out there to avenge his brother's death, and uh, they are uh, just trying to hunt all the cowboys down. And Doc Holliday, as you may know, had tuberculosis at this point in his life, and he did not look good. He looks like death warmed over. He's sitting there. He's literally coughing his lungs up. And as they're sitting there on the horses on top of the hill, just watching what's going on down below, the one man turns to Doc and says, Doc, why are you doing this? Why are you out here with us? And Doc turns and looks at him and says, because Wyatt Earp is my friend. Wyatt looks at him and goes, I got lots of friends. Doc Holliday says, I don't. See, the, the two men there had very different ideas of what it meant to be a friend. You had the man on his horse whose friendship is a light, transient thing. I've got lots of friends, tons of friends. But certainly, friendship was not something he would be extending himself for. He thinks it's crazy that Doc is out here sick, literally on death's doorstep, and yet willing to be there for his friend and help his friend accomplish his goal. Right For him, friendship, no, no. Friendship's something that, that fits me. It's there for me when I need it. It's very light. Whereas Doc, Doc has a totally different view of what friendship means. For Doc, friendship means I'm out here putting my life on, my, on the line for my friend. I love my friend. That's what friendship is to Doc Holliday. And so I, I want to ask you this morning, where do you find yourself aligning and you think of what it means to have a friend, are you more like the man who, oh, I have lots of friends. The friends are everywhere. Friends come, friends go. You know, friends, they're great, but they're there, you know, as a convenience. Or are you more like Doc Holliday, where you say, no, a friend is someone I lay my life down for. A friend is someone that I love and that I will do what it takes to make sure that they have what they need. So those are two differing ideas and of course those are two extremes and we probably find that we lie somewhere in between the two of those but certainly we're going to gravitate towards one or the other we're starting this sermon series today called the friendship effect and the the first thing we want to do is look at what does it mean to be a friend what does it look like for me to be a friend to someone else that's where we're going to start this sermon series and I'm going to go uh, to Proverbs 17.17 17 today. We'll be uh, preaching from, uh, or I'll be preaching from the first half of the verse actually. So just 17a. And it says that a friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times. That's what the Bible tells us a friend does. The Oxford English Dictionary defines a friend like this. It says a person with whom one has a bond of mutual affection. A person with whom one has a bond of mutual affection. So let's start there. That a friendship is mutual, right? A friendship should be going both ways. And I, we want to take a moment and pause there because we can be selfish, right? In our own sinful state, we often look at relationships as what can I get out of this relationship? How is this relationship going to be benefit me? And we don't always look at the reciprocal part of that. right? 
what does it look like for me to be a friend to them? But that's very important. There needs to be this mutual, right? This mutual affection. This mutual love. That love needs to go back and forth. We can't always be receiving it. We shouldn't always be giving it either. But today I really want to focus, or no, we should always be loving, but we shouldn't always be the only one loving. Let me backtrack on that real quick. We should always be loving. Um, but we want to look, really want to focus in today on us. What does it look like for us to love our friends? What does that mean to be a friend who loves at all times? It means we're going to be a friend who loves when our friend is in a good place. How do we love somebody who is in a good place? What does that look like for us to do that? What does it look like, though, for us to love a friend when they're in a bad place? Right? Because our friends are going to be in good places. Our friends are going to be in bad places in their lives. They're going to be in tough places. They're going to be in great places. What does it look like for us to love people both in the good and in the bad? It might seem a lot easier to love somebody in the good times because things are going great. Life's wonderful. It's a party. Woo! Right? It's easy to love then. All right, we can get together. I don't have to worry about them dragging me down with their problems because life's going good for them. So it's, it's fun, right, to hang out with people who, when they're in a good place. But it's not always easy to love them when they're in a good place. And that's especially true if we ourselves are in a bad place in life during that time. Because if, if things aren't going as well for us, and they are going well for our friend, then something like envy might start to creep in. Jealousy might start to creep in. I want what they have. Why do they have it and I don't? And even though they're our friend, we can still let that envy get in and actually separate us, start to strain our friendship. But 1 Corinthians 13.4 tells us that love does not envy. And so if we're going to love our friend during that situation, when they're having a good time in life, and we're maybe not, we can't be envious of them. Now that's really hard to do. Envy is sort of the natural state of things when someone has something we want and don't have. I, I teach high school, uh, and this girl came in one morning, and she was just, she's always kind of chipper, but one morning she like really comes in, just, woo, life is great. And I asked her, I was like, why is life, you know, what, what's, what's so great today? Like, you, you seem really happy. And before she can even answer me, this voice comes from the back of the room, super sarcastic. Yeah, why don't you tell Mr. Colburn why life's so great right now? I was like, ooh, that's supposed to be your friend. And then, like, she's stunned, first of all. And then one of her other friends goes, it's because she has a new man. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, I'm no proponent of high school relationships by any means, but still, I was like, man, these two girls are supposed to be your friends. And it's not even that they like the boy. It was that she came in happy, that she's in this good moment, and they're in tough moments. And they can't stand to see her happy. It's just bitter, envious response. Now, I'd love to tell you that stopped at high school, but of course it doesn't. We've all known people where we've seen it in their lives, right? I've known full-grown adults. One of them finds a, a significant other, right? They get engaged, and now they're getting ready to get married. And the fact that 
their friend is getting married to the single person, they just can't take it. That person's getting married before me? How can they get married before me? And then what do they do? They start to, yeah, they're settling for that person. They could do better. They're settling. That's why they're getting married. Right? And then if they're in the wedding, oof, the bridal shower can go rough or the you know, bachelor party goes rough because now they're, they're, they're bitter, they're envious, they're angry, but that's not being loving. That's not being a friend. I've seen it separate coworkers where they were both going for the same job and beforehand they were great friends. And then one of them gets promoted and the other one doesn't. And all of a sudden, the person who didn't get promoted is sitting there going, oh, you know, they just kissed up. That's why they got that job. Or they start saying they've changed now that they're in that job. Right? They're not the same guy anymore. Man, they're different. You, when they were one of us, they were cool. But now, look at them. Right? We can see that happen throughout our adult lives. Right? But none of those responses, when we respond like that, none of those are a loving response. How should we respond when our friend has something going well in their life, even if our life isn't going so well? Even if they got the promotion that we wanted, even if they got married before us and we've been wanting to get married for a long time. How do we respond? Well, if you truly love someone, what are you going to do? When they have something to rejoice about in their life, you're going to rejoice with that person. Right? If it's me, I'll be out there at the wedding. Right? I'm going to be at that wedding, woo, cheering them on when that first kiss happens. You know, you may kiss the bride. There should be cheering going on, not... No, you should be cheering. When it's time to dance, I can't dance, but I will be out there trying to bust moves. Why am I doing this? I can't bust moves, right? But I'll be out there trying because I'm celebrating. I'm happy for my friend. Right? They're my friend. I love them. If something is good for them, then it is good for me. I can rejoice with them that they have found someone who they can spend the rest of their life with. If it's that promotion, it's good to be connected with people who are uh, above you on the chain of command, right? I mean, that's a little bit of a selfish benefit, but it... If, if my friend has something going well in their life and I love them, I'm going to rejoice with them. I'm going to be there. Hey, how can I help you adjust as you would in this new job? What can I do to make your transition easier? Because man, when someone gets a promotion, everybody wants something from them, right? Want, 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 take, 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 me, me, me. What are you going to do for me now that you're my boss? Man, we could take the opposite effect because we love them and we can go do them and say to them, what can I do for you? How can I love you in this situation? How can I make this easier? Because it's going to be stressful. And truth be told, they're probably wondering, especially if you guys were going for the same promotion, they're probably wondering whether you're still going to be their friend or not after that promotion. Now they're, you know, things are a little different. We can still reach out and say, you know what, I love you. And even though it hurt for me, it's good for you. Because you're my friend and I love you, I'm going to rejoice with you during this time. So, to love a friend, or to be a friend, means we are going to love them at all times. We're going to love them in the good times. We're going to love them when things are going great in their lives, even if it's not going great 
in our life. But it also means that we're going to love them when they're in a bad time, when they're in a bad place. Because a friend loves at all times. Not just when it's good, not when it's easier, but a friend loves at all times. Now this is when it can be very hard to be a friend because now all of a sudden the burden's really on us because we've got to try and help carry this other person's burden. We've got to be there for them and give them support. Do you know who the loneliest person on a sports team is? The loneliest person on a sports team is the injured player. The injured player is the loneliest person because all of a sudden they are removed from all their teammates. And guess what? This is actually a well-documented thing. Teammates don't like to go visit injured teammates. They don't want to go see him. Why? Because they're going to go see him. This person, they know this person's going to be down, but this person is a reminder to them of what can go wrong as they're out there playing. And so they don't want any part of that. They, so they, you know, they might maybe make that initial visit, like, oh, you're in the hospital, sorry. But then after that, they're gone. They check out. They're not there for them. And this person who is injured, the player who's injured, now think about it, all the hours they've put into the, that, their, their sports, especially if they're a professional athlete, like that's what their life has revolved around. And these people they've built their life with aren't there for them anymore. It's a lonely place to be. But that happens in life too, right? Because it's hard to be around somebody who's in a bad place in their life. Because they don't have much to give at that point. Right? What are they going to give? They're in a terrible place. They're the ones suffering. But if we love them, then we're going to go to them. And we're going to help bear that burden with them. And the Bible tells us not only to rejoice with those who rejoice, but it tells us to mourn with those who mourn. To be a friend means we're going to have to go mourn with them. To love them means we're going to have to go listen to their problems. We're going to have to offer up advice. We're going to have to offer up encouragement that sometimes we might not even know what to say, right? That's, that's one of the tough things I find for myself is, what do I say to this person? What if I say the wrong thing and just make it worse? Right? Man, now I've really got to put, put myself out there to try and help this person and it's going to take something of me it's going to take energy when uh about a year actually after sarah and i had had jacqueline um we decided we wanted another kid and it was time to you know expand the family and uh sarah conceived and and here we had another child coming we were super excited about it and we were looking forward to a, a smooth pregnancy because the pregnancy with jacqueline had not been smooth at all lots of in the hospital out of the hospital false starts on labor you know they have sarah had to get injected with stuff to stop labor steroids to make sure that jacqueline's lungs were going to be developed like it had just been a, a, a terrible time and so we were looking forward to a, a, smooth, a smooth pregnancy, an easy pregnancy. Um, but instead, it was anything but, and it ended in a miscarriage. That's a low place to be. We hadn't even been married. You know, we'd been married a little over two years at that point. We barely knew what to do when things were going good in our marriage, let alone when things are going bad in our marriage. 
That's a rough place to be. And we, uh, we floundered around it for a long, for a while. Uh, you know, it, it was lonely. Like, who do we turn to? Our, our family's a couple thousand miles away. It's tough. Most of our friends had not had any kids at that point, uh, let alone had any miscarriages or anything like that. But we had one friend from our church uh, who reached out to us. She, she sent us an email. And in that email, she put into words the things we were feeling that maybe we didn't know how to describe. And she was able to do that because she herself had been through a miscarriage. Uh, her and her husband had had a child. And same thing, they, when they were trying to have another, they miscarried. And she was able to give us hope in that because she'd been through it and yet she'd seen how God had worked through it. And it, it gave us hope. And I knew that she really loved us when she sent that because that's not an easy thing to do. She had to open up that hard time in her life again. She had to examine those feelings and the hurt and the disappointment. And then she had to lay it out before us. She knew it would help us and she loved us and so she did it. That's a beautiful picture of what friendship is. I knew that they were our friend when she did that. They loved us to be willing to do that. You know, and so if you're thinking about who's in a bad place in your life, maybe you know someone who has recently gone through a miscarriage. You can be there for them. Even if you haven't had a miscarriage yourself, believe me, when Sarah and I were in that situation, we were looking for someone to reach out and comfort us. And people did. Uh, you know, there are things, there death, right? There are loss in the family. People we know and love have lost people and are going to lose people. We ourselves have all lost people, right? We can go and love our friends and be there for them. We can go to the wake. We can go to the funeral. We can make a meal. We can go there and talk with them, Right? You know how much fun it is, even though you've lost a loved one? Uh, it's a great healing process just to be able to talk about the good things you had with them when they were alive. And it's great to tell someone about that because in a way it, you know, it carries on their legacy. It's a wonderful thing to have someone do that for you. And so when we have friends who are going through a loss, to love them means we're going to be there for them. Supplying physical needs, but also emotional needs as well. Being there to talk and listen. Be the shoulder to cry on if they need it. Because they're going to. Might be sickness, right? Friends get sick. Sometimes they get really sick. And they have things like cancer happen. That's a serious disease. And that means they're going to be spending time in the hospital. Hospitals are lonely places filled with lonely people. Because much like the sports team, to go there is to be reminded that we are mortal, that our bodies will fail us someday. It takes a lot to go and be there. But man, you should see the smile on someone's face when you go visit them when they're there. Right? Because they need to know that they're still loved, that they still have value as a person. What a gift that we can go do that for someone. That we can go, yeah, it's going to be hard for us because we're going to have to face up to that. 
But what a great gift we can go give to our friend, our company. Right? We can go talk and laugh and love them through that. What a great, great thing a friend can do. Because a friend loves at all times. A friend loves when things are great. A friend loves when things are bad. But a friend always loves. That's the great thing about a friend. A friend always loves. You know, in each area we talked about today, it, it does require something of us to be a friend. It does require us to right put aside our own ambition, maybe. Or it does require us to say, you know what, I'm going to go and be an emotional support for my friend. They need me. I'm going to go help bear that burden. To be a friend absolutely means that we are going to have to sacrifice for the good of the other person. Even sometimes when that sacrifice costs us greatly. But I want us to uh, really focus in on Jesus' words here about that. He said in John 15.13 that greater love has no one than this. That someone lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus was never one to talk and not act, right? Shortly after Jesus said these words, he was going to be arrested and he was going to be taken away. And he was going to be beaten and crucified for his friends. Because his friends, like you and me, were sinners. And they needed their sins to be forgiven and they couldn't do it on their own. And so Jesus, think about it. You want to talk about going from a good place to a bad place. Jesus left heaven where He was in perfect unity with the Father, enjoying that. And He came to earth and He took on flesh and blood. He became frail. And He died on the cross for His friends so that they could be forgiven and have eternal life. And the great thing is, is, Jesus said, those who obey My commands, they're My friends. So the great thing is, is we can be Jesus' friend too. Because He came and died on the cross, not just for His disciples, but for you and for me. And if your faith is in that, then your sins are forgiven and Jesus is your friend who laid His life down for you more than any other friend ever will. And because He's done that for us, we get the joy of being able to do that for other people. We get to be, have the joy of going and being there when times are great for our friend. And celebrating with them. And we get the joy of being there for our friend when times are bad. And we get to be that support for them. There's a, there's a joy in that. And we get to do that all because of what Jesus has done for us. And so let us remember that. Let it, that spur us on. And the great thing is, as we seek to be those kind of friends to people, we also get those kind of friends in return. It's a wonderful thing about our brothers and sisters in Christ. They are friends who are like this for us. As we pour out to them, they pour out to us. Those kind of friends are priceless. I have the, I think it was Michael W. Smith song stuck in my head now. Friends are friends forever. If the Lord's the Lord of them, just popped in my mind. But it's been in my mind off and on as I've been preparing this. But that, that's the great thing 
about this is that as we seek to be friends like Christ was a friend to us, then we develop friendships like that who when things are good for us, we will have people there to celebrate with us. When things are bad for us, when we're in a low place, we will have people there for us then. Just as we're there for them in their highs and their lows. And so for application this week, I really want us to focus in on two people. I want you to think of two people. We can't go out and do everything all at once, but application this week, two people I want you to focus in on. One is, who's your friend who life is going good right now? And it would be good just to go out with them and get a cup of coffee or uh, you know, catch a game together, whatever that looks like. And I especially want you to think, is there someone you've maybe separated yourself from a little bit because you've let envy get in the way? And if you can think of that person, then this week, first of all, repent. And second, call that person. Love them. Go hang out with them while they're in their good, good place and enjoy that. Be happy for them. Rejoice with them. And the second is, who's your friend who's hurting? Who's your friend who's in a bad place? Be there for them this week. Not just in theory, not just in thought, but actually in practice. Call them. Find out how you can help them. Be there for them. Go out. Get the cup of coffee again. Coffee seems to bring people together, good or bad. But be there for them. Be that shoulder to cry on. Maybe they need to get out of the situation they're in for a little bit. Just take a walk around the lake. Whatever it is, be there for that friend this week. Be willing to bear their burden. Help light. And let us be friends with each other at all times. Because when we most desperately needed a friend, when we needed our sins to be forgiven, Jesus was our friend. And the thing is about Jesus is He will be our friend when we're at our best too. When we are in heaven with Him in glorified bodies, when there's nothing bad going on ever again, Jesus, our friend, will be there with us. And so let that inspire us to be friends at all times. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank You for the gift of salvation through Your Son, Jesus. Thank You that because of that, we have friendship with You. That we're not cast off as we deserve. We're not punished as we deserve, Lord, but instead forgiven and loved and accepted. God, be with us this week and going forward, Lord, to be friends like that who are friends who love at all times. Would Your Spirit encourage us to do that. Give us the strength to do that. Help us repent where we need to repent when we have not done this, Lord. God, would we build these relationships up to build each other up, but to bring glory and honor to You, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.